What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Push the Tempo podcast. Um, the trade deadline is coming up this week. It's on March 25th, and the deadline, the cutoff is at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So with that said, we figured today we just talk about uh, the top four teams in each conference and just talk about what we think that they should add at the upcoming trade deadline or if they should stand pat with what they have. So um, I'll just hand it off right to you, Ari. Uh, which team, which conference did you want to start with? Uh, let's start with the Eastern Conference. All right, for sure. So the top four teams, as it currently stands in the Eastern Conference, I guess we'll go from lowest seed to highest seed. Are the 76ers are first, the Nets are second, uh, the Bucks are third, and the Miami Heat. After struggling to start the year, they've climbed all the way up to fourth. So let's start with the Miami Heat. In your opinion, what do you think is uh, the the thing that the Heat should fill with their roster at the trade deadline? I mean, it's kind of apparent beside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, there really isn't that third star. And I mean, this is something that they were kind of infamous for last season was being able to get to the finals without that third star. And Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic are good supporting role as a characters uh, players, but like they don't have that oomph, you know what I mean? And I think they just need that. They need that one player. And, I mean, they do get a bunch of players coming in. They got Trevor Ariza and, you know, some vets and Andre Iguodala. But it's not enough, in my opinion, to be able to go over that hump and become an NBA champion. So, in my opinion, I think that they need to – and they probably should have moved Tyler Hero and whoever for James Harden. But I think that they need that one other star, that one other great player. What do you think? Um, well, I do agree that I thought that they should have – uh, pulled the trigger on a James Harden trade. Uh, they were asked the the Rockets were asking for a lot more than just Hero and Duncan Robinson. Uh, they were asking for Precious Achua. They were asking for multiple draft picks. Um, my biggest, I think, I think they're fine with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Jimmy has he's put himself in MVP talks with his play as of late. He's been playing really well. Um, they filled, in my opinion, what their biggest weakness was with the addition of Trevor Ariza. Um, after they traded Myers Leonard to the Thunder for him, uh, that forwards that four spot, uh, they got a guy who he hasn't played in a while. But if he is what they want him to be, he can be a guy who can defend. Uh, he's switchable on the defensive end. He can hit open threes. Um, right now, I'd say their biggest weakness at that point um, is probably just like a backup forward. Uh, they have Casey Okpala, who I know that the Miami Heat are high on, and he has some potential. Um, and he looks like he can be solid, but I don't know how much I would trust him in a playoff scenario. And just the defense from their guard position is slightly suspect. Duncan Robinson's not a good defender. Tyler Hero isn't. Goran Dragic is, he's okay, I guess, but he's a little bit older. Kendrick Nunn hasn't really been playing well as of late. So um, I, I'd say their biggest problem as of right now is probably like a back, another backup forward. But I like that. I like the Trevor Reza addition for them a lot. Yeah, it seems like they're really missing Jay Crowder. Uh, another guy that we didn't really talk about with, that they have is Avery Bradley. And, I mean, he's another good guard slash forward defender. But, I mean, now that I think of it, they, they kind of do have a lot of depth than more than I thought so, at least. Um, but I still think that they need a star in order to kind of get over that hump. Yeah, I think I think in the Eastern Conference, uh, when you have to – play against Brooklyn like you're gonna you're gonna need some extra firepower and it remains to be seen if Miami has that last year everybody nobody thought they would make the run they did and they ended up making the finals so well we'll see what Miami does at the trade deadline so with that being said do you want to move on to the next team yeah let's go for it so the next team we'll talk about then is the Milwaukee Bucks 
Uh, they recently added PJ Tucker. Um, uh, mostly in that trade, I believe they got back a draft pick and they gave up like a second rounder um, or a first rounder. They got PJ Tucker and they traded away. Was it DJ Augustine? Right. It was uh, both the DJs. So DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson. Right. So um, what do you think the Bucks' biggest weakness now is? Because before it was that when Giannis goes to the five, uh, they're, they didn't really have another power forward to fill in in that position. Now with the addition of P.J. Tucker, they can run out of lineup. Uh, it'll probably be Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo, P.J. Tucker, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So at this point, what do you think their biggest weakness is? Honestly, man, I, I'm going to stick by this. And I still think Giannis is, in a certain way, their biggest weakness just because, you know, when they play to the strengths, it also causes some weakness in their offense you know especially past the half court offense but I mean I, I don't want to come off as just a hater to be honest I feel like out of all the teams they probably have the most complete team especially after that trade now I mean one of the problems with PJ Tucker last season on the Rockets was that he had to play a lot of you know five ball and now he has Brooke Lopez behind him he has Giannis and honestly in my opinion I mean I feel like he would fit most perfectly on this team he just has to defend like a forward position and he could just stretch the floor from the three. And with, you know, with Giannis running the point and going down transition, as long as PJ Tucker holds that line at the three corner three or wherever, and I think this is going to be a pretty tough team to beat. And I honestly don't see too much weaknesses throughout this team. What do you think? I agree. I think this is a very complete team after the addition of PJ Tucker. Um, PJ Tucker was really bad in Houston this year. I think he's better than that. How much better remains to be seen. He is a bit older and he's in a contract year. Um, my, if I was to point out one weakness for them, however, it would probably be the backup guard position. Um, I like Dante DiVincenzo. I think he he's a smart player, and he can he can play solid defense. Um, I really don't trust the guards behind him. Uh, Pat Connison, I don't trust him. Bryn Forbes, uh, Bryn Forbes can shoot, but he's a defensive liability. Um, that that, in my opinion, is their biggest weakness. Um, but I do think I agree with you that this is a very complete team that they're starting five or they're closing five at the very least is it's really good, particularly when Giannis moves to the five and they play like how a lot of people think they should with Giannis as their center, as that screen setter and everything. Um, I think that this is going to be a tough team to beat come playoff time. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. Now that I think of it, DJ Augustine was a pretty good point guard to have. Um, and yeah, like you said, Bryn Forms is not that. He's not that good on the defensive end. Uh, they also did add Ronio Crooks, right? Or am I getting that wrong? I believe they did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. He's more of a he's more of a power forward, right? Yeah, he's more of like a small forward. Gotcha, power forward. man. If I were the Bucks, I would try to get like a backup point guard to kind of defend. I mean, they're really missing George Hill. That's a guy that they could have used, and that's a guy that they just traded to. Right. Um, yeah. So with that being said, do you want to move on to the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, yeah. No, and I definitely agree with you on needing a backup guard, by the way. Yeah, no, let's let's move on to the next team. So uh, the last before the last time that we did a, a podcast, Blake Griffin was still on the Detroit Pistons. Everyone, as 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 everyone knows, he recently signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, what do you what do you think that the Brooklyn Nets biggest problem is? I think it's still going to be at their four and five position because who's going to guard Embiid? I mean, at the end of the day, these are the one and two C's, the Sixers and the um, the Nets. And to be honest, if somebody were like Embiid 
or Giannis were to be able to face the Nets, it's going to be a problem. And I feel like, and this is kind of a stretch, but I feel like they really need to have a defensive four or five. And the player I'm about to mention is one that you probably wouldn't guess, but imagine if they had Al Horford. Man, I feel like that would make that team so much better and be able to compete on both ends of the floor. I mean, Al Horford's a guy that doesn't really need the ball, but he can make the ball move, he can stretch the floor, and he can also defend at a high level around the rim. And I mean, yeah, he does have a terrible contract and he's pretty old, but if I were the Nets, I would definitely make that push to get that four or five defending position player. What do you think? That's actually somebody I didn't, I didn't think of. Uh, that's a good, that's a good uh, pick, I'd say. But I mean, I, don't, I just don't know how they can make the contract work. Um, as of late, the like Kevin Durant's been out for a really long time. It's been, it feels like it's been more than a month as up till now. Uh, in that time, James Harden has really led the Nets, and he's been on fire, and the Nets have been on fire. I think they're like 14-1 and one or 14-2 and two in their last 15 or 16 games. Um, they just recently dropped a game to the Magic, but they've been playing really well. James Harden has put himself back in the MVP conversation. Um, like you said, I think, I think their biggest weakness is probably still their power forward and center position. Um, as it looks right now, Jeff Green is probably going to be closing games for them at the at the center position. Nicholas Claxton is a very intriguing young player. Uh, he can switch and shoot, but he's not a guy that I think that they would be willing to trust in playoff series versus guys like Giannis and Embiid. Um, they they could get rid of like Timothy Luabukabaro, who hasn't really been playing well for them. I know a lot of Nets fans don't really like him, um, but I would agree. I think that their best their best um, I think that their best lineup at the end of the day will come down to Kyrie, Harden, Durant, Joe Harris, and Jeff Green. And Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan will probably be sitting on the bench watching that. If I told you five years ago that Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan will be sitting on the bench watching Jeff Green close the game, like, I, I don't, I think you'd probably have me committed or something. Like, <laughs> not, that's not something that you would think of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, and I know that you're pretty, you're not high at all on DeAndre Jordan, and I'm not high at all on Blake Griffin. I just don't think that he's there all uh, physically. He's probably not there mentally either. He's probably just there for the chip, you know what I mean? Um, if possible, man, I, I just don't see him closing out games as well. Dude, and I know this is kind of a stretch, but, like, Spencer Dinwiddie's also not there, so... And imagine, like, I don't know if they're even eligible to be traded, but, like, you know, imagine packaging Spencer Dinwiddie and Blake Griffin getting a legit defensive player. I feel like that's something that the Nets could do, especially because they've been so, so, uh, what's the word? Like, they've been so aggressive this this season anyways, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're a very interesting team. Um, I think that they're going to come out the East. I just don't think any team has, like, the, the personnel to defend James Harden, Durant, and Kyrie all at once. Those guys are just a handful for anybody. And I think I think they are going to come out of the East. Um, it's weird because like the addition of Blake Griffin, sure Blake can provide like stretch on uh, like floor spacing on offense, but like he's not a good defender. Um, like that addition didn't really make a lot of sense for them. I thought Blake should have went to the next team we're going to talk about, but I'll save it till then. Yeah. Um, like. And I do, I do think Blake is better than what we saw in Detroit. Um, they were one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, he probably didn't, he didn't have much of an incentive to really play hard. How much better he is than that, that remains to be seen. Just a guy who's been injured a lot the last couple of years. 
I remember, yeah, everybody knows the stat. He hasn't dunked since 2019. So I, th- I think he's better than that. But it, it'll be interesting to see how the, the Nets playoff rotation shakes out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you think about it at the end of the day, it's not like the Nets are like a full-on defensive team anyways. Man, if Blake Griffin can just come in, provide some points off the bench, dude, that team is just going to be insane to stop on the offensive end. But, yeah, you want to hop into the next team? Yeah, so the next team then is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, they are currently just one and a half games ahead of the – or, sorry, half a game ahead of the Brooklyn Nets for the first seed. Uh, news just came out that Joel Embiid, he injured his – he injured his – was it his knee, right, a couple, like a week or two ago, and he's going to miss two to three weeks. Totally sucks. He was having an amazing year. Um, what do you think that the Nets – uh, the sorry, the 76ers. What do you think their biggest problem is? And it's kind of tough to say because they've been performing pretty well. Um, I can't pinpoint just one thing, but I do think that they need to have a little bit more, I guess, oomph in their offense. It's just mostly MB going and attacking and, you know, Simmons here and there just attacking the rim. But other than that, I don't really see too much. I mean, yeah, of course, they're making plays like uh, Danny Green will hit a corner three. Seth Curry's there as well. But and Tobias Harris can't forget about him he's been having a pretty nice season but like other than that it's just a classic team and I just feel like they got to have a little bit more uh oomph I guess what do you think see when when most people talk about the 76ers they usually say that they lack like that perimeter shot creator um the guy who can get them tough buckets at the end of close games and I mean I think that I think that is a little I think that's valid um I think that their biggest problem is at their backup uh, power forward center position because um, come the playoffs, you're going to probably have to stagger your best players, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. Stock Rivers has done a good job of staggering Tobias and having him play against bench lineups. So maybe this won't be a problem for them. I just think that like Ben Simmons really can't play with any of their big men besides Joel Embiid because outside of Joel, Tony Bradley, Dwight Howard, like these guys, Vincent Poirier, who sucks, like, None of these guys provide any floor spacing whatsoever. So it becomes like a kind of, it becomes a little bit of a weird fit. You know what I mean? So like, that's why I said earlier that I thought Blake Griffin should have went to the, to the 76ers. Um, Sure. He doesn't defend, but he can offer you some spacing while uh, Ben Simmons tries to defend the opposing player, the opposing team center, you know? Um, That's why I thought that he should have went there. Um, The, the uh, shot creator on the perimeter. uh, Sure. I guess that, that's a that's a, an argument you can make, but this team they have Tobias Harris and it looks like they're gonna they're gonna really rely on him come playoff time to be that guy. And he's played his best basketball under Doc Rivers. Um, and hey, he might he might continue that come playoff time, but that remains to be seen as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, if you remember the other day, uh, the guy that hit the I, I don't know if it was a game winner or the one to go to OT it was uh, I think it was OT Furcon Corkmas, and I mean like. Like Forcon, man, like you feel me? They definitely do need that uh, shot creation, especially with Embiid right now being injured. But I mean, he's probably going to be healthy during the, you know, the playoffs and their run. But I mean, if man, like Seth Curry, like yeah, he's he's more of a catch and shoot guy than a guy that can create his own shot. Uh, one guy I really like to see, and he's probably too young to be that guy right now, is Tyrese Maxey. And I mean, maybe in a year or two he'll be ready. But they need somebody like that that's going to be able to create your shot. So I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking at the roster right now. 
beside Embiid, there really isn't another center power forward that can shoot beside Mike Scott. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to get minutes during the playoffs. So I definitely agree with you there. All right. So with that being said, do you want to move on then to the Western Conference? Yeah, let's go for it. So the standings in the Western Conference, as it currently is, the top four teams are the Jazz have the first seed still. Uh, the Lakers, oh, I didn't know this. The Lakers are now the second seed, if this is correct. The Suns are the third seed, and the Clippers are the fourth seed. So we'll do what we did with the last, um, like what we did with the East. Let's start with the Clippers. In your opinion, what do you think the Clippers' biggest problem is? And what- so I think their biggest problem is, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch too many Clipper games. What do you think? Um, so in my opinion, their biggest problem is the, and it's a playmaking guard would be cool. That'd definitely be awesome to get. But in my opinion, the Clippers' biggest problem is after Patrick Beverly, who he's hurt again. You know, he's a big injury risk. The rest of their guards are really bad defensively. Uh, Lou Williams is atrocious defensively. Reggie Jackson is atrocious defensively. Luke Kennard doesn't even see playing time, which is a whole other discussion. So in my opinion, they should definitely try to add another good defensive guard who can who's a playoff-friendly rotation player. Guys, like, for example, George Hill. Uh, George Hill has been linked to the Clippers all year. A report recently came out that uh, Lonzo, the Clippers were looking to acquire Lonzo Ball. Uh, it remains to be seen how they can do that because they don't really have any assets to offer the, that the Pelicans would probably be interested in. Um, but in my opinion, they should try to add, one, another good defensive guard for their playoff rotation, and two, um, maybe another backup center, like, for example, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I really wanted the Clippers to go after him for a while. Um, adding Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, if Ivica Zubats gets in foul trouble or Serge Ibaka is struggling to hit threes, just another guy who can get in there and play some defense and catch a lob or two here and there. Yeah, no, it definitely seems like they understand that they need that kind of backup card. I mean, I was just about to say that, you know, they, they were targeting Lonzo, and it's definitely been a rumor that I've been hearing here and there on Twitter, pretty much everywhere. And I honestly, I think that could work. Um, to be honest, I still think the Clippers are one of the better teams in the Western Conference. It's just a matter of uh, getting good matchups and being able to execute and go on a deep playoff run. And I think that they'll be fine, to be honest. And this roster is a pretty good roster. Uh, you can never have a perfect roster either, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they got some personnel. Like, I mean, Kawhi. Marcus Morris, and that's a guy that needs to step up, by the way. And Paul George, these are guys that are going to make tough shots at the end of the day. And I just think that this team has a lot of potential and probably will end up having a deep playoff run, in my opinion. I I think that the Clippers – see, I I completely – like, this is where we completely disagree. Um, Over the last couple weeks, I've lost, like, a lot of faith in the Clippers. And and I'm a fan, so, I I mean, this is coming from, like, a fan's perspective. This is a team that – has like there's there's if there's one word to describe them it's inconsistent um whether that be because of injuries because guys just are playing at an inconsistent level and at some point like the injuries like Patrick Beverly for example um Patrick Beverly when he's healthy is probably the Clippers third most important player but he's never healthy he's hurt all the time and he just can't seem to stay healthy um uh, there's just a lot, there's a lot of issues with this team. Uh, Paul George, he has his stretches where he looks like he's a top five, like top seven, top 10 basketball player in the league. And then like right now he's going through a cold stretch or, I mean, he just played well recently versus Dallas, but before then he was really struggling with the shot. Um, he doesn't really get a lot of foul calls. Um, 
and this team just doesn't degenerate a lot of shots at the rim. They're bottom five, I believe, in free throw attempts. Uh, this is that's a big problem for them because come playoff time, you need a way to get generate easy buckets, and one of the ways to get easy points is just get to the free throw line, and this is something the Clippers don't do. Um, I'm really worried that if they get into a playoff game where they're not getting to the rim and getting foul calls, the Clippers are a jump shooting team. And at some point, if the shots aren't falling and they can generate points another way, that's easy. That's an easy way to lose a playoff game. And you only need to lose four to get knocked out in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough because it's legit the same situation for the Celtics. Um, And I know we're not going to go there right now, but uh, I definitely understand where this is coming. Just the other night, the Celtics lost to the Jazz because they shot like what, like four free throws in the first half and they ended up with like less than 10, which is kind of insane. And I mean, that's what makes the difference. So I definitely see where you're, where you're coming from in this argument. Uh, it seems like the Clippers really just need that guard that's able to, you know, kind of get contact and make these plays. Uh, man, I've been saying this for the last few podcasts. Dude, I would love to see Kyle Lowry. And I don't know how this is going to happen. And is it, uh, let me Let me tell you. It's not going to happen. It's, it's I know it's not, not man, but I would just love to see him on that team. Dude, imagine. He's definitely what you guys would need. Yeah, but it's, it, that's just not possible. Uh, no, not not the assets that Toronto would want, and matching salary would be difficult, and the Clippers would just give up, like, everything to get him. And, and he's an awesome player, man. Kyle Lowry, he's, like, 34, 35, and he's still one of the best point guards in the league. He, he impacts winning. Uh, more than the stat sheet shows, but one hundred percent, man. He's just, I, I, he's just not, he's just not in the scope of what the Clippers can get right now. Yeah, man. I would just love to see him though, man. It's like all these things that could have happened, but won't happen. All right. So with that being said, do you want to move on then to the next team? Yeah, let's go for it. So let's go then to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, before the year started, I thought I said that they'd be one of the better teams in the Western Conference. I was laughed at for it by, by the guys, but. Right, they're they're here, man. Third seed in the in the Western Conference, in a tough Western Conference. Uh, they're a very they're built really well if you think about it. They got their two guards, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh, they got their wings who are good defensively. You can also hit shots. Mikael Bridges is really good defensively. Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson. They just added Tory Craig. Uh, Tory Craig's jump shot throughout his career has been very inconsistent, but if he's hitting it consistently, uh, I think he can be a solid rotation player in the playoffs as well. Um, what do you think that the Suns' biggest issue is? What do you think they should address? Man, first of all, that pickup that they got for Torrey Craig is amazing. Uh, he's one of the best defenders in the wing position. And like you said, his jump shot is a little bit inconsistent. But, I mean, I think that's a great pickup. Like, dude, their they're small forward and power forward positions are just insane, dude. Like, Mikal Bridges, Jade Crowder, Cam Johnson. You know, all these guys, Torrey Craig. But, dude, I feel like they're lacking a little bit in the center position. And, yeah, I mean, DeAndre Ayton is a great player. Uh, but he's not going to be what you expect from him in the playoffs. It's probably his first time in the playoffs ever. Uh, and probably Dev- Devin Booker too, right? Or am I getting that wrong? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, it's like these guys are really inexperienced. I feel like they just need a vet that's been – you know, this has been there before, and hopefully they'll be able to get somebody, especially in the center position. But, I mean, that's probably a smaller category of players. But to be honest, I would just ride it out and see what they have because, let's be honest, I mean, even though the Suns have been playing super well, they they just – I don't know if they're there yet. You know what I mean? I think this is definitely – I think this is a team that they'll definitely win their first-round matchup. I think that that's – I think that's almost a given. if Unless something crazy happens and they get matched up with, like, the Blazers and 
Damian Lillard just goes nuclear, which he's done in the playoffs before in the first round. Um, I think I think that their biggest weakness, and this is kind of going off what you were saying, that a lot of their guys, their main rotation players, are they haven't been to the playoffs before. Uh, Mikel Bridges hasn't been to the playoffs. Devin Booker, even though I'm not worried about Devin Booker, I think he'll be fine. Um, I'm more so concerned about like DeAndre Ayton, um, and behind him, their their backup center is Dario Saric, and Dario Saric is he's under the radar, but he's having a really good year. Like he fills that backup spot really well. He can shoot, he can pass, and he's just been playing really well at their backup position. But I'm worried if they get matched up with, say, like a Rudy Gobert or say a, um, a Nikola Jokic, you know, um, and DeAndre Ayton, if he gets in foul trouble, like I don't know if, if Dario Saric can really take that matchup and defend the elite centers. Uh, that's something that worries me. So if there's anything I, I think they should address is just try to get like another center. Uh, who knows who that could be? Like maybe Andre Drummond, but Andre Drummond is not good either. Like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson, like I mentioned for the Clippers earlier. I think that if they could just add another center on the buyout market, I think they'd be in good shape. Yeah, I, is Rondé a center? I always thought he was like a small forward, power forward. He's he's, small, he's no? basically no no no. He's basically a center now because he doesn't offer any shooting whatsoever. He's basically like a, a he's basically like a backup center, Rondé Hollis mm-hmm. Jefferson. Okay, that's fair. Dude, I know this is like out of the school, but like, dude, imagine they had somebody like Marcus All or something like that. I feel like that would help tremendously. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. But yeah, it's probably definitely not gonna happen. <laughs> All right, so, you wanna uh, move on to the next team? Sure. The next team then is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Lakers have, like, a lot of teams struggle with injuries this year. Anthony Davis has been out for what feels like a month now. And I think he's going to miss at least two more weeks. Um, what do you think the Lakers' biggest problem is in your opinion? Uh, I mean, obviously it's injuries. But aside from that, I think that they're fine. Um, they're probably going to make another deep playoff push. But, I mean, there's really not too much that you can expect. What, they're, what this team is just all about staying healthy and pushing forward. Because, I mean, they've got an aging core. Uh, Anthony Davis is in his prime, but he's always hurt. Um, Marcus Gasol is pretty old. And then, of course, we got LeBron and Jared Dudley, who are pretty old. That's fine about Jared Dudley. But um, LeBron, man, he's pretty old. So you got to make that push. Now it's like legit now or never. Um, I don't know if they're going to really just kind of reload and reset their roster. I don't think that's a possibility with the way that things are going. But I think it's just that they got to all stay focused and get things going. I mean, we can't have Kyle Kuzma shooting like one for 10. He's got to be, you know, he's got to play well. Same thing with all these other guys, Dennis Schroeder. Um, he's been playing pretty well, but all these guys need to stay locked and loaded in order for them to succeed and make a deep playoff push. You know what I mean? I definitely agree that health, I don't think like a huge move is coming for the Lakers uh, because I, I have them coming out of the West this year, barring like any injury or anything. I think they're the best team. Um, I think that their biggest, I think what they could address at the deadline is maybe add another uh, like backup wing player, like a, a fo- small forward, power forward, because once Anthony Davis moves to the five come playoff time, which is where he's best at, um, they're going to rely on Kyle Kuzma. And by the way, Kyle Kuzma like is going under the radar because people hate on Kyle Kuzma a lot. Dude, he's been really good, like really, really good as of late. Uh, he's turned himself in, into like a, a championship friendly like role player. Uh, he, if, as long as he can continue to hit open shots, he defends at a good level. He can, he can, uh, he rebounds, like he really crashes the boards hard, which I really like about him. 
I think he can make a big impact as long as he continues to hit his open shots. But after him, like it's Markeith Morris, who's not having the greatest year. Uh, and that's really Alfonso McKinney. Like there's not a lot of guys behind him they can rely on to fill that power forward position that can offer the spacing that Anthony Davis will need come playoff time. So I think that's one position that they can maybe add another backup for um, that can stretch the floor after Kyle Kuzma. Um, because we know Jared Dudley isn't seeing time in the playoffs. Um, and possibly, I don't think this is a huge area of concern, but possibly another backup center. Um, Marcus Gasol hasn't really lived up to what the Lakers wanted him to be this year. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, like, I know a lot of people hate him, but Montrezl Harrell has been playing really good for the Lakers. Like he's been playing a lot better defensively than what he did last year for the Clippers. Um, so he's a guy that will probably see minutes come playoff time, but maybe just another defensive center could be, a, could be something they could look at, but I think they're, I think what they need to address the most, but, and it's not even that big of a problem because they're still the best team in the West is just add another, another backup wing to cover for like Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, Wesley Matthews a little bit undersized, but I mean, he hasn't really been that guy yeah, that we he, all expected. He's not, from he's last not year. been good this year. Yeah, I mean, if they could add somebody like Irsan Ilyasova, and I know that's kind of a stretch because they're not like that amazing, but these role players really do end up helping these, you know, Did better it? players. You know Didn't what I mean? Irsan get signed? I thought he got uh, signed. I, I think so. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but dang, that's one guy that they could have had that's, you know, I, I got that would have been great. I mean, I know Sarge, but like yeah. any player that's kind of like along that line, like a big kind of a stretch for, you know what I mean? Would definitely help them out. So with that being said, do you want to move on then to the Utah Jazz? Yep. The most overrated. No, like, <laughs> so, so Utah really started the year off like at an insane pace. They've kind of fallen back down to earth since then. Uh, I think they have like a sub 500 record through their last 10 games. Um, in your opinion, what do you think that the Utah Jazz's biggest weakness is? See, this is another team that that I feel like is kind of complete and it's kind of reaching their, you know, their pinnacle of like how good they can be with the current roster. And it's also a team that's kind of hard to make moves because I mean, they're playing so well. It's kind of like in a similar way to the Bucks where like you don't really want to change up that core. You don't want to change anything because they're winning, you know what I mean? But it, I just I just don't see it with them, man. And I know I, I'm coming off as the biggest jazz hater. If you guys listen to all the other podcasts, I mean, I'd even have them in the playoffs. And they're proving me wrong. But, I mean, it's just a team that I, I can't see winning, like can't see going all the way to the championships. But, like, also, I, if I were them, I wouldn't make any changes. So it's kind of hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree that I think that with this roster that they have currently, um, it remains to be seen how far they make in the playoffs, but – this regular season, it looks like they're really getting the most out of what they have. Um, I think the Jazz are a potentially dangerous team based on who they get matched up with. Like, for example, I think that they, they can give the Clippers a lot of problems. The Clippers struggle to defend uh, these quicker guards, and Donovan Mitchell is athletic and as quick as they come. Mike Conley has historically, throughout his career, play, uh, throughout his career sorry, he's played really well versus the Clippers. Uh, Joe Ingles usually plays well against the Clippers. Um if I was to point out one weakness I'd say they have, it might be the like a, just adding another forward. Um, like Royce O'Neal is a good defender. I don't know how confident I, I am in him being like the best perimeter defender on a on like a team that's looking to make a deep playoff run. If he's like your second or third, probably second, I'd say, because he's good on that end, then I'm pretty confident. But him being your best is just a little it's a little off putting to me. 
I think Boyan Bogdanovich, he's like teams have been attacking him at the end of games. George Niang has been shooting really well from three, but he's not a guy that I'm sure he's not a guy that I'm really that confident in defensively. Joe Ingles is good defensively, but like you're only going to be able to play two of these guys at once. It's probably going to be like Joe Ingles and uh, Joe Ingles and what's his name? Uh, Royce O'Neal. Sorry. They're probably going to be out there together a lot defending, but when one of them is on the bench, they're going to have to put on Boyan Bogdanovich and George Niang, and they just got to hope for the best with those two. Yeah, I mean, you, we were just talking about them, but I took a look at their roster, and guess who's there? Your son. Your son. So, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah man. And this is a low-key stat from, like, a, probably a year or two ago, but he honestly – I think he was one of the leaders in charges taken. Um, and I just remember that because it popped up as a graphic a few years ago when the Celtics were playing them. And for those of you guys that know me, I'm a Celtics fan, so, like, I legit watch almost every single Celtics game. But, I mean, he's 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 taking charges. So I think that's a great pickup by them. I was going to say that um, usually when teams play the, the Jazz, what they try to do is they'll have a stretch four or five, uh, and Rudy will be guarding them. So they kind of bring him out the paint, and then that way they can attack the rim. And then as soon as Rudy subs out, when Derek Favors comes in, they'll just have a, like a like a like a center that can you know play play in the post. Um, so I was thinking that maybe they need to have a more versatile guy on in that center rotation. And I mean, Ersan Silvio could be that guy, but I mean, it remains to be seen. It's it's so hard to say what the Jazz, in my opinion, just because they've been playing so well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like you said, like with the Bucks as well. This is a team that looks pretty complete on paper. Uh, there's not a lot of holes that you can really point at with them. Um, I think one thing I will say, though, with them is the the reliance on Jordan Clarkson. I don't think that it will be as effective come playoff time. Uh, we've seen it a lot throughout history that the six man and right now he looks like he's probably going to he's going to win six man of the year. But the over reliance on like these microwave six men come playoff time uh, is it doesn't really work out a lot. We saw it last year. We saw it, we've like just like, speaking from a Clippers fans experience. Like Jamal Crawford, every year come playoff time would really struggle uh, because the Clippers would rely on him a lot. Uh, Lou Williams, we've seen it with him. He's been bad in the playoffs almost his entire career. And Jordan Clarkson, he's only been to the playoffs twice. Last year he played he played solid in the playoffs. Um, but that one year he was in Cleveland, then they made the finals. Like he was getting DNPs and he was awful. So uh, it remains to be seen if they he can continue to um, – if he can continue this production in the playoffs. But as of right now, I, I kind of have my doubts about it. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. And I can agree because it, it's just like that always. I mean, when, when teams are more focused on these specific players, it makes it a lot harder, especially for the six men to, you know, adjust and adapt to his new role. I mean, he becomes the number one at certain times and these, the rotations are just different during playoffs. So definitely does make sense. Yeah, but yeah, this now this is a team that, like, it looks like it looks pretty complete on paper, and there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of holes that you can poke uh, poke at them. So, uh, we'll see. Like, I think they can give some teams problems based on matchups, but we'll see. We'll all we'll see it when it happens come playoff time. But I think at the very least that this team will win their first round series. Um, I think they have a really really good chance to win their second round series. Depends on who they play. Like if they play the the Suns or the Clippers, I think they have a solid chance to beat either of those teams. And I think the Lakers will make the conference finals. If they play them, I don't, I don't think they'll win, but like, I think they'll put up a solid fight for at the very least.
Yeah, I, one thing that I didn't really say is I think it's just they're going to have to stay consistent. And I think that's one thing that they need to do. I mean, they're shooting the ball out at like lights out and they're just shooting so well. And they need to just carry this on into the playoffs. You know, the game kind of speeds up. All right. And they can also slow down at certain times. And watching the Jazz, they kind of push the ball super fast. But if these teams are kind of slowing down the game by not letting these fast break threes or these fast breaks happen, it's going to be tough for the Jazz to kind of, you know, carry that momentum. So I think they just need to stay with the momentum they have and stay consistent with their shot. And I think that's really the key for the Jazz. I don't really think that they need to make any moves. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, with that being said, do you want to do you want to call it for today then? Yeah, let's call it. All right. All right, y'all. Appreciate you guys for listening. I know we were gone for a little bit, but we're back. You know what I mean? Um, if you guys want to catch the rest of our podcast, you guys can go to Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you guys listen to your podcast and find us under Push the Tempo Podcast with Aaron and Kyle. I'm Aaron and I'm with my boy Kyle. Uh, you guys can also catch us on YouTube. We have some gameplay in the background. Uh, we're there under the East Coast Browncast, and we do our other podcasts here with our boys. So uh, we have tons of content for you guys to listen to. Uh, we post probably once or twice every week. So if you guys want to stay updated with us, you can also catch us on social media. We're on Instagram at ECBcast. Um, you can email us, you know, hit us up with questions. We're pretty, uh, we're pretty out there. So we're everywhere. <laughs> All right, with that, guys, take it easy, and we'll catch you guys on the next podcast.